This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cheryl. Tig. So this episode, mm-hmm. well, what do we cover? Um, crabs? The 70s. Oh. Well, that's the same getting thing. Getting crabs. <laughs> the 70s, when I think of getting crabs, I feel like that's all anyone did in the 70s. <laughs> Just transferring crabs from one crotch to the next. <laughs> oh, How else yeah. are we going to define our decade? <laughs> well, let's just say we touched on crabs. Ooh. <laughs> Can I tell you, speaking yeah. of crabs, Yeah. my son is so terrified of being pinched by a crab. Aww. He, when we go to the beach, yeah. his fear is not sharks. His fear is crabs. He's a crab. Wait till he finds out he can get crabs on his crotch <laughs> one day. I mean, he will. He He's it is freak out. Yeah, it is one of his biggest fears is crabs. Okay, we're really not doing uh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. Documentary. It, it's a service. great episode. Yeah, it's a great documentary. It's a great episode. We talk about civil rights. Yeah. Oh, that's got to grab you. Yeah. Uh, ladies and jerks, welcome to Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl Hines. Tig Notaro. Notaro. Did I say it right? You said Notoro. Notaro. Yeah, like how long do we have to know each other? I don't other? know. I get it confused with Romano, Ray Romano. Well, everybody <laughs> loves Ray, and, and a lot of people, people stomach like me. Tug, tug? Oh my God, this is a tough start. Tug no Toro. Tug no Toro. Tug no Toro. Uh, this was a great documentary we have to talk about today. This documentary. 
was uh, it's heavy. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. Not just a lot, but I, I think it jumped up. And we don't review documentaries on this show, Mm-mm. okay? But this jumped up to one of my top favorite documentaries did of all it. time. Yes, ma'am, oh, it did. It's a really, yeah, it's a really good. You heard her voice drop. It's a good one. You know she's serious. <laughs> you know she's serious. Um, should we just dive right in? Well, I thought we did. Oh, well, we haven't even said what the name of it is or the intro. Okay, so should we dive back in now? <laughs> Since we had already... Circle around and dive back in. Yeah, climb out of the pool. So today off. we're talking about Crip Camp. Mm-hmm. So Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution, is a 2020 documentary written and directed by Nicole Noonham and James Lebrecht. It profiles Camp Jenid. A summer camp for teens with disabilities run by hippies in the woods of New York. The film uses a combination of found footage and present-day interviews to tell the story of the campers and their lives. The film was executive produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. Have you ever heard of them? Um, I have, because Barack Obama used to be our president. Oh, was he? Two-term. Two-term mm. president. And Michelle is his lovely wife. Yes. That was an amazing first lady. This debuted at Sundance and has been nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. It's available to watch on Netflix. I mean, I think one of the big points of this film is that it, it was a camp that, that existed in the 60s. So all of the found footage, which they had a lot. I was really impressed with the footage they had. Wait, I thought it... It, this was in the 60s? I thought it took place in 71. I thought that's when it all... Well, they all run together the 60s and the early 70s. You know, Stephanie and I mm-hmm. were having a discussion the other night. Mm-hmm. She mentioned the 60s, and she said, you know, that's obviously when you hear the 60s, you think of um, Mary Tyler Moore, and <laughs> you... And I was like, sure, but it's also flower power. And she said, well, no, that's the 70s. And I said, well, that's the 70s, too. But when I think of the 60s, you think Woodstock and right. it, it's both of it. But I imagine when people throw a 60s party, which I've been to, oh, there's a lot of... Well, somebody's braggadocious about their parties. Well, yeah, I was hitting all of the uh, flower power parties <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> was it just you and one other person way across the room? Well, I wasn't invited, but uh, I love a flower power party, mm-hmm. and so I just showed up. But I, what do you think of when you think of the 60s? If you were to throw a 60s party, I guess I should have asked you that before I polluted your mind with all of the discussion. Well, I would I would definitely think of, uh, yeah, hippies and Woodstock. Right. Stephanie right? said, no, it is Mary Tyler Moore business suit type <laughs> Why? Which exists. A Mary Tyler Moore business suit party? Well, I'm just saying that version of the 60s, that is a real part of the 60s. The the working woman in yeah, the Yeah, there's suit. a sophistication. Yeah. But then there's also... The liberation. Hippies. Liberation, <laughs> hippies, uh, long hair under the armpits, yes. male or female. Bra burning. Bra burning. The pill. I have a, I have a bra burning right now. <laughs> Has it been simmering for a few hours? <laughs> no, for, since 2012. <laughs> well, that must have been a huge bra. 
Uh, he, oh, if you know me, uh, I know. when I had when I had a bra to fill, it was, it was quite huge. a bra. Size. It was huge. Huge. I was known for my big bras with nothing to put in them. Um, but just, <laughs> I, I wore a big bra. To just wear oh, big. I loved. I loved to wear a big bra. You loved a baggy bra. <laughs> <laughs> a baggy bra. Okay, um, so so this this film is. Um, I mean, it, it's fantastic for a lot of reasons. What did you think it was going to be? Did you have an idea? I, I wasn't aware of it. And Stephanie was like, how are you not aware? There's billboards all over Los Angeles. I don't look up, Cheryl. No, no. I, you've my got focus is on the think, road. Oh, yeah, the road. <laughs> I was, how dare you? <laughs> I think I'm just thinking of myself. Yeah. Yeah, just because I th- I'm trending for being hot? Okay, if you tell me that one more time, I'm going to lose my schnitz. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is I watched the road. I didn't notice the billboards all over town. I, were you aware of this before I wasn't our producers? Aware of the billboards, but uh, it was sort of on my radar. I'm involved in the, the world of disabilities. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but that being said, I, th- I hadn't seen this yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say a, a title like Crip Camp. I don't know what I'm I'm signing up for, yeah. you know, for the evening. I have I have no idea. I can only assume nobody is going to be blatantly being horrible when I when I start this movie. That nobody's going to be Well, that the, the filmmakers aren't being horrible by saying, "Oh, here we made a documentary oh, called right. Crip Camp." Exactly. And yeah. I I think that's probably one of the reasons why I hadn't watched it before even though like you're saying i mean clearly they made this film because people don't use the word crippled anymore they or crip do, or i mean yeah a crip yeah so this documentary was about this camp in mm-hmm. the i would say let's say late 60s. 71 okay 71 i really feel i mean i could be wrong yeah no you're right you're right it was in the 70s it was in the early 70s you're right and it's important because of the the timeline of what happens in this yeah 1971 but what but so it was a it was a camp for people with disabilities and it was run by hippies and mm-hmm. so this guy larry allison uh, started this camp and he he wanted to have a camp without stereotypes, without mm-hmm. labels. He wanted um, people, young adults, really. I didn't see, I don't think there were kids, kids, right? It seemed like young adults. No, and, teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of these people came from from all over, like three hours away, five hours away, two hours away yeah. in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, the campers had disabilities of different types. And mm-hmm. then the counselors, they didn't, for the most part, have... Some did. But some did. And mm-hmm. what was great is they all really helped each other. So there were no... It was very blurred lines who was a camper and who was working. And this, you know, this isn't important to the story. I mean, it's important because he's an important person to the story, but Larry is not alive anymore. And that was one of the things that I'm sure you don't need him to be alive to know this, but I wanted to know how people found out about the camp and how yeah. much it costs and how do you sign up and how, yeah. what inspired him to start that? Like I, I was know. just, it was so 
spectacular. Like you said, you're involved in that community mm-hmm. and also, I'm sure, directly or indirectly, the Special Olympics is very, mm-hmm. you know, is was started because of Bobby's family mm-hmm. and Eunice Shriver. That's right. Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Right. And actually, I think I've told you this and shown you this, but Stephanie has a framed picture of Eunice next to her bedside she cheering loved, on. She loves yeah. Eunice. Yeah, and she um, it inspires her every day when she sees that framed picture. That's um, pretty amazing. Of, of Eunice cheering uh, the kids on at the um, Special, Special Olympics. Olympics. But that is, I think, tied to, was it Rosemary was her sister? Yeah. Rosemary was disabled. And so to me, there's that drive to... I don't know what it to in a way Eunice making things right for Rosemary and right kind she of had a, opening she had a personal connection right yeah she had that personal connection and so with Larry I'm like this is so extraordinary and to some degree very similar to what Eunice did yeah and I have so many questions I know I know because uh it wasn't it wasn't easy, as you can imagine. It's Mm-mm. it's challenging beyond challenging. Yeah. So when you first started watching it, did you did it take you a while to get used to seeing um, the everybody not everybody but all, all different types of people with different types of of um, disabilities? Yes, to some yeah degree I mean, no, because it it's it, it's there's no way you can just pretend like that's what you see every day because that's what the movie is about. You didn't get to see these types of people every day because life isn't accessible. It wasn't accessible to them in the way that it is more so now. Yeah. But what I really think about is one of the the campers saying that we're not the ones that are weird about things or don't want to talk about things. It's everybody else. No, you're right. And I think Larry Allison said that who started this camp. So we have a little clip of him. Let's see what he says in this clip. Jeanette was an opportunity to try to do some different kinds of things. When the camp started back in the 50s, it was the uh, traditional kind of camp program. As it evolved during the 60s and into the 70s, what we tried to do was provide a kind of environment where teenagers can be teenagers without all the stereotypes and the labels. And that was a byproduct of the times, you know, of social experimentation. We realized the problem did not exist with people with disabilities. The problem existed with people that didn't have disabilities. It was our problem. So it was important for us to change. I mean, it's really profound that he knew that. Yeah. Having children, I mean, luckily, there's so much representation that's appearing now in shows and cartoons. And even the dog show that that they watch, there's a dog on wheels. And my kids don't even think twice about it. Right. It's just a character on the show. Right. But before they had seen a show with with that character... I remember we were on vacation somewhere and they were asking about this man in a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, um," and immediately the person in the wheelchair explained 
what was going on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I know. It's, it's, um, it's tough sometimes. I mean, so my nephew, Michael, mm-hmm. um, is about to turn 18. He has cerebral palsy and he, mm-hmm. he has been in a wheelchair his entire life. Mm-hmm. He can't really use his legs. He can use his, um, hands and his, and he's getting stronger, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And he can talk, but it is, it's interesting because watching this film, you know, I, when I hear him talk, it seems so clear to me, like, Mm -hmm. but I, but when I'm listening to, to some of these, the people in the documentary talk, it's like, oh, you know, you really have to pay attention and, and try to make out what they're saying. And, Mm -hmm. and it takes a long time. So in this film, you saw some people who couldn't use their legs, couldn't use their arms, couldn't talk, could talk. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch because you have this wide range of people with mm-hmm. different abilities. Everyone is different, just like every person's different. Everybody's ability is different. Everybody's disability is different. Right. Uh-huh. And they're sort of all, they're playing games and they're hanging out and they're making out with each other. I mean, I was truly yeah. watching it, jealous that I was not a part of that. <laughs> and just like how I, I know that is such a testament to how great this was that I'm sitting here completely able to do, I mean, almost anything with my body. And I'm I'm thinking, gosh, the camaraderie and the the depths of connection and friendship and understanding that it seemed that they had with each other yeah, yeah. i was like oh yeah because and it, when they talk about it they they talk about uh you know they were always in the minority wherever they from whatever town they came from and um they didn't really see that many other disabled people mm-hmm. um so when they went to this camp it was like oh wow i'm not alone i'm not alone so the main character um jim Lebrecht. He was mm-hmm. born with spina bifida. The footage of him as a child oh. was the most mind-blowing, adorable. I, I can't even, I, I, this movie just floored me. Yeah. So he has uh, no use of his legs. And I mm-hmm. think his, clearly his legs never quite developed. Um, mm-hmm. But his upper body strength is... Like I've never seen. And he talks about pulling his wheelchair up the steps of the subway in Manhattan. That was... Because there was no accessibility. Yeah. So, yeah, the the footage of him as a little kid is just him running around um, on his hands and arms, but, like, so fast. And jumping around. Nothing holding him back. (laughs) No. Nothing. Nothing holding him back. You want to hear a little bit of what Jim says mm-hmm. about the first time he heard about Crip Camp. Yep. I loved music. I loved life. I wanted to be part of the world, but I didn't see anyone like me in it. And then I hear from some people about the summer camp. It's a summer camp for, you know, the handicapped run by hippies. And somebody said, you know, you probably will smoke dope with the counselors. And I'm like, sign me up. And the music was great. The music was phenomenal. Oh, my God. It really captured that, you know, moment in time. You know, I have to say really fast, when yeah. 
when this movie started and they're introducing Larry and the more the story was going on, I kept thinking, okay, what's going to happen? We're going to find out Larry is some... The serial killer? Yeah, just some weirdo or pervert Mm -hmm. or something. And I am thrilled to... Spill some beans. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, there was nothing but positivity that seemed to be around this place and this man and this experience. Yeah. I was so just not in the mood for that to go in that direction. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. So these teenagers go to this camp. I mean, they are just, they're running around like, you know, a new lease on life. They can do whatever they want. And they did. (laughs) They did. They were playing baseball. They were making out. Yeah. They were touching private parts. That's right. And then, um, and then there was an outbreak of crabs. Well, you know, it happens. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You play baseball, you're going to get crabs. (laughs) Well, I know I do like that one of the girls was trying to convince us that it was because, you know, they shared blankets and stuff. That'll happen. (laughs) Have you ever gotten crabs um, because you shared a blanket with somebody? Numerous times. Numerous times. (laughs) When I was in, I went to uh, West Virginia University. Crabs are so disgusting. Oh, boy, here comes her, I have a crab story. Here comes my crab story. Um, For one year, and my my brothers and my sister came up to visit, and I had these guys that lived next door, and they said, we're going to be out of town. They can use our apartment. I was like, wow, that's great. So I put my brothers in their apartment, and I come over to see how they're doing, and they've got their bags packed by the door. And I was like, what's happening? He goes, well, first of all, the medication for crabs is on the nightstand <laughs> and I was like oh well so you don't want to stay here the medication for crabs <laughs> I mean I guess that's a tough way to start your and wait what was second of all well second of all they there were just stacks of blankets <laughs> crab blankets no um pizza boxes and empty beer cans like i didn't really think it through i mean when you're that age you're not like worried about if your siblings are comfortable right you're just like guess what you got beds over there yeah. next to the crab medication yeah i had a friend that went to new orleans and lived with my brother for a brief period of time and slept on the couch and he called me when he was at my brother's house and said that there was only a tub of butter in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and um and that he thinks that he has fleas like that my friend my Aww. friend called me saying i think i have fleas from crashing on my brother's couch it's you know what it's a calculated risk when you stay at somebody's place well and this is not in recent years this was when my brother was in college oh, okay. so i think again it was the college days yes. i think he had a big dog and i think he my brother must have everybody had fleas yeah um college guys are gross i know i shouldn't say that out loud but well again it's good that you whispered it i don't know the <laughs> listeners i mean i don't think that they uh, that they know that you're supposed to wash your sheets or your body <laughs> 
your body's so optional. what do you do when you're in college and you're a girl and you find this man undeniable and you go over there and he has crab medication out he has stinky mm. filthy sheets well, and a tub of butter yeah i went out with a guy who he lived in a two-bedroom apartment he had a, a bathroom and a shower in his room but he'd always <laughs> use his his roommate's shower and i said well i'm just gonna jump in this shower and he's like no no <laughs> don't don't go in there and i was like why he said i don't know somebody threw up i was like i'm sorry what he goes yeah we had a party somebody threw up in there and i was like and and then what happened he's like well i'm not gonna clean it up it wasn't my friend i'm like what is happening so cut it to, wasn't my friend but no. it's your bathroom didn't care because there was another one that was usable so I had to like put on the rubber gloves and get the bleach out. He had rubber gloves, but no, he... I had to go buy them. Are you kidding me? Well, no, I wasn't kidding you. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying that he had oh. bleach and rubber gloves. Oh no, and... no, I had to buy things. Uh-huh. But you, the question was, what do you do if you show up and there's the you know crab medication? You either like power through it. Or? No, no, no. I would be gone so fast. How long did you date this guy? Two years. No. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I need to see a picture of him. I mean, he was very easygoing. Clearly. He was really fun. He was really fun and, he, and easygoing. <laughs> and he never washed his sheets either. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But what was great about the camp and what all the campers Mm -hmm. said, all of them really across Mm -hmm. the board that were interviewed, and that was fun to see too, them, you know, now talking about this experience was they didn't even know that this world existed. You know, all that they had so far was their own life experience of being, you know, they talk about their parents were overprotective, which I understand, too, as a parent. My God, you know. Yeah. I mean, no matter what's going on with your kid, you're probably somewhat overprotective in in areas. So if you have a disability and you just want to be one of the kids. Yeah. You want to go swimming or ride motorcycles. Yeah. And and in this, um, oh, my God, it was really... They were really making me laugh when I, you could see how, how fast they would go, you know, when one was pushing another one or when they were Mm -hmm. playing softball and one would pick, pick up the other one and run to first base. They were going so fast and even watching it. I was like, oh my God, you guys, settle down. There were so many different parts of this uh, movie where I kept thinking how sterile and boring everything is now. Just their their bunkers, how oh. it was just like in disarray, and, and that even, like and they said yeah, that's and, how they like it. <laughs> yeah, and like disabled children just hopping in a swimming pool, no real lifeguard. Oh my god, that was also terrifying to watch. Like one of those old school life preservers that's made of bricks. But I was watching this movie the whole time, thinking. Not that I think people should be unsafe, but there's just something so fun and freeing. And I don't know, was it just the 70s? But I really connected with it. I was in Mississippi in the 70s, and I felt like, I don't know, did I grow up at Crip Camp? This felt like I know these people. What do you mean? I know this world. Not really, but just like a free-spirited, like, jump in the pool. I, I don't know. My mother used to toss me and my brother in the swimming pool when we were like, nine months old and just we knew how to swim when we were infants and and my mother would be having a a beer with a a friend and a cigarette and we're like yeah swimming around the pool yeah Yeah. and and people would be like Susie what and oh they're fine and then uh, you know and we're like you know oh my god I'm sure my mom would not want me to tell this story but we live next to this lake across the street from this lake and when my my little brother was a baby and he would take a nap in his crib once in a while we would take turns going to listen by the window to see if he was crying or not and if he wasn't crying we went back to the lake and and everybody had a good time and then you know 15 minutes later it was somebody else's turn to go listen to see if the baby was crying but yeah a little uh easy going yeah, but things are are a little sterile and a little organized and clean. Well, yeah. Not that I don't like organization and cleanliness. I I mean, look at me. Look at you. <laughs> but, squeaky uh, clean. Yes, but yeah. there's just something fun, like that grittiness about the the time period in that camp with people. You know, just like, uh, just try it. Like, whatever. I can't walk. I can't talk. And I'm just out here doing my best and, yeah. and, and smoking. 
smoking. Yeah, just uh, I'm not into smoking. Or... Oh, yeah, touching privates. You yeah, know. Yeah, that was another. That was another moment when the guy said that cigarette in one hand, touching privates with the yeah. other. You know. And he said it was the first time that someone put a hand on his cock. Do you remember that? Well, of course I remember that. <laughs> of course I do. Um, of course I remember <laughs> that. Now I'll never forget it. Okay? Um, no, it's interesting because, we, you know, my sister, Dr. Becky Hines, is very... Which, uh, by the way, yes, my other podcast, yeah. Don't Ask Tig, Tig, we have merchandise now. Mm-hmm. And there are mugs that say, I'll tell Becky. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to buy one for my sister. I guess you are. Oh, if not one that, for every family member. Well, that's I know you're wanting to say yeah, free. No. Yeah, I was no. waiting for you to go, no, no, don't buy it. I'll let me give you some. No, no. All right, I'll go online. and. Hmm. Um, so Dr. Becky Hines, for whatever reason, and actually this guy Larry reminded me of Becky a little bit because even when I was in high school, Becky was already involved in the disability community. She mm-hmm. was already volunteering and working with kids with uh, disabilities. And we, you know, we would take them trick-or-treating and things like that. But she, I mean, she really worked hard. And then when my nephew was born, she goes above and beyond to make sure he is included in in everything. And mm-hmm. when I say that, I mean everything. Like, uh, to me, there are times when I'm like, okay, that's not physically possible like when she said she was going to take him surfing uh-huh and i'm like um i don't think that's possible and then cut to she and her friend are like holding him up on a surfboard hanging 10 running along with the waves and michael's having the time of his life oh we went to to look at manatees and she really wanted michael to that sounds like a man- family <laughs> With we the with the manatees down the street. Yeah, we went swimming with the manatees. Um. <laughs> it was great that we had a cookout. Um, she she insisted on getting him in a wetsuit, which is uh, beyond challenging. Well, for anyone to get a wetsuit on, it's not yes. the easiest thing. So imagine somebody who right. really can't control like getting their leg into the. But Becky will she will spend two hours. Mm-hmm. Getting it on or getting. Wait, what? Get, hello? Becky spends two hours getting it on. Um, Making national headlines. Making <laughs> national headlines. I feel like any podcast I do is just a commercial for Dr. Becky Hines. Yeah. Um. So the point of this camp mm-hmm. is that these young teenagers like really found out who they were and what they could achieve and they went on to go to college and you know get great jobs and things like that because they said and fall in love and fall in love and have and get married and have kids i mean was there a moment was there an experience in your life where you saw something especially as a teenager experienced it and thought oh i did not know life was could be like this no really I feel like I made some really great friends but I feel like I had this sinking feeling 
my whole life of, oh God, is this what life is? You know, just the trajectory that people seem to be on. And mm. and I had obviously good days and great experiences and whatever, but I, was, I, I don't feel like I ever really got a taste of what life could be like until I moved away from home and experienced where did you go where did you move to first i moved to denver Mm -hmm. and i also lived in austin and um you know los angeles i lived in new york a couple of months but it went until those times i think when i first did stand up or maybe you know when i realized i was gay that was probably like oh this is what life could be when did you realize you were gay cheryl it, it it's going to astound everybody. Mm-hmm. Not until I was like twenty one. Hmm. But I, I never. I feel like I was always searching for, for the moment ah. where I I was because I, I kept thinking that there has to be something oh, more. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, and and there was. I couldn't even believe what was out there in the world. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And meanwhile, as an adult and decades later, I love going back to Texas and Mississippi. Yeah. And I love my friends and family. And and those are the places that I really do love to go when I have time off. Yeah. But I just really had that feeling of there has to be something else. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt in Tallahassee even because... Same. I had great friends and I, but the first time I went to New York, I was 16 with my Mm. chorus trip and I, I'd never been on a plane. I had never traveled anywhere really except in Florida. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to get, so even to fly in New York and see all the lights, I was, I was just like, what? And then we went to see a chorus line Uh and I felt like oh my god (laughs) i i didn't know that this was possible you know i I mean i thought like you i thought in tallahassee i thought well this is fine but is this really like is this it like it's about football games like really Uh my weekends were my dad would sit and watch football game after football game after football game and drink beer Mm -hmm. and his feet were very stinky just a highlight um (laughs) but i thought wow is this marriage because whoa that's a that's a that's something to look forward to uh but then when i went to new york and i saw you know everybody's walking around and ah and and, no stinky feet (laughs) and broadway And Broadway and like these actors and I, I mean it was just it was really exciting and I that was the first time I you know could feel it on a different mm-hmm. level like oh yeah there's other stuff out there yes so I, I imagine that's how these guys felt they're like no stinky feet finally <laughs> <laughs> I used to get a can of Lysol and just walk around my dad spraying it it didn't go well but it was our little. That's Does anyone use Lysol anymore? I don't know. It seems like they should, especially. But do they even make it now? Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it has to be one of those products where one day Silly. they were like, oh, the cancer o is off the charts. 
There's no way that's good to inhale. And it can't I mean, be. it can't be. Are we going to get hey, sued Lysol. by Lysol? I know. Hit us up. Hey, Maybe. Lysol girl. Hey. <laughs> hey, Lysol. Hey. Um, okay. So, so in the documentary, we're watching this. The, uh-huh. the kids grow up. And then there's one woman um, named Judy, mm-hmm. a human, who... How crazy that that's her last name. I know. She is an extraordinary human. The humanity. <gasps> Manatee. Humanity. Oh, wow. Humanity. We really really did something we don't know. No, I did. Mm. I did. What do you mean, we? Well, I I was part of it. I said, I am a a a woodsmith, a wordsmith. Oh, boy. (laughs) Let me go whittle something. I'll be right back. Waskily Rabbit. Okay. So, Judy had polio. She grew up in Brooklyn and she went to Berkeley, right? Mm hmm. And she really became a an advocate for people with disabilities. A serious activist, like off yes. the charts. I mean, it's extraordinary because she was really fighting for civil rights. Yeah, very basic civil Ugh. rights. So it's it's hard to watch at times because she has so many challenges. And her group, she was the president of... Disabled in Action, an organization of activists, you know, and she, they all had to fight just to try to get civil rights to be tr- treated equally. Mm-hmm. And the best people could do was say, not the best people could do, but some of the legislators, um, equal but separate. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want people with disabilities going to a school with other kids that didn't have a disability. It's so crazy and it's so archaic and it makes you think so many things that that are right under people's noses that need to be addressed and taken care of. I know. Well, well, it's kind of like equal pay, isn't it, for women? So many things, yes. Why is this a fight? Why? And who is the person that would say, oh, Women should get paid equally to men that would say, mm-mm. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> but... <laughs> no, their body part, they have very different <laughs> private parts. So it's, it's absurd. we are going to have to give you a pay cut. <laughs> well, actually, you know, when I was, um, I was talking to my daughter, Kat, when she was little, she was like, I don't know, seven or eight. And we were talking about unequal pay. And she said, why? And I said, well... I guess, you know, there was a time when the man had the job and the, he was making the money for the family. So that when women started working, um, they didn't feel the need to pay them as much. I said, but now women are half of the workforce and they still are the ones taking care of the kids. I mean, I'm generalizing. And of course, men are important and are involved in child care. But stinky feet, but important. <laughs> But then Kat said, oh, well, then we should get paid more. I was like, yeah. <laughs> An eight-year-old, yeah. It's pretty simple. She's like, oh, you mean we're doing the same work and taking care of the kids? Yeah, we should get paid more. I was like, okay, Kat. Yeah, the the employer is going to um, say, okay, so you have children at home? Okay, well, you know, we are going to pay you even more. <laughs> you probably do a lot of laundry and cooking. All right, let's give you a little, little bit more than that, too. 
Um, so anyway, so so they start fighting for civil rights, and Judy organizes the group to do a sit-in. Mm-hmm. They sat in at the HEW offices, Health, Education, and Welfare, and they demanded that Section 504 of the Civil Rights Act be signed. And so they went there. They go upstairs to this office. I guess they would. I guess it was upstairs. In my mind, it was upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. And it all. And See, it was, everything's upstairs. Yeah. I mean, that's it, the whole problem. Everything yeah, is. Upstairs. And that's the whole problem. So yeah. they have they have their team of people, lots of people with different disabilities, and they end up staying there. Mm-hmm. They don't leave mm-hmm. until somebody addresses the situation. I mean, that's when the film really gets great because greater that's greater. when the film really gets greater because if you if you have an experience with um someone with a disability i mean even a, a baby right mm-hmm. somebody who who needs care mm-hmm. extra care doing something so the idea that these people went up there and and stayed there for 21 days they maybe? didn't have anybody turning them over uh, people oh that were God. quadriplegics that needed to be uh, rolled over in their bed to avoid uh, bed, bed sores. They didn't have catheters, and they right? Were, yes. They and were so just all out. They were all out, and they were like, we don't care. We're doing it. Yeah. And then at some point, they turned off the water so this group wouldn't have water. Um, they didn't have food, and um, the Black Panthers came in. And would deliver food to them, mm-hmm. which was just extraordinary. It really was. And so at this point, Sue decides that they need to go. Uh, I mean, Judy. I don't know why in my mind. Sue. Sue. I like to call her Sue. It's short for Judy. <laughs> it's very famous. short for Judy. <laughs> my name is Judy, but my if friends you, call me Sue. <laughs> you don't have the time. To say my four-letter name. Here, <laughs> here's a three-letter name that's much easier. Um, they go, there's a group of them that go to Washington, D.C. because they want to talk to Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. And um, they finally make some headway. And this guy, ugh, can you just hate this guy? What was his name? Doofus. Doofus McGillicuddy. <laughs> so they're there, and, and Evan White, this one reporter, was the only person that was actually covering all of this. Channel 7. Channel 7. Something happened, like a blackout going on with people sending news information. I'm sure that's not how you say it, but... Yeah. Something happened. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Don't come happened. here for the facts. But um, but this Something guy, Evan happened. White, so, and Evan White was covering this, and that story ran nationally because mm-hmm. there was sort of a shortage of news, videos. And it ran over and over, huh? And it got um, national news, and it made a huge difference. Made and, national um, headlines, let's be honest. It made, it made national headlines, but not in the usual way. <laughs> in the legitimate way. <laughs> and then it was really sweet to watch because Teddy Kennedy, I think he wrote the American Disabilities Act Mm -hmm. that was passed. And did you know 
that Teddy Sr., he has a son, Teddy Jr., mm-hmm. and Teddy Jr. lost his leg to cancer when he was 12. So I know Teddy very well, and he's, I mean, he's an amazing skier. He does, mm-hmm. he's just, I mean, he's an amazing person. Anyway, but but because Teddy had this experience with little Teddy, mm-hmm. he was really the driving force behind this. And so when the when the American Disabilities Act passed, that meant that everyone was allowed to have an education, mm-hmm. whether you're disabled or not. And, and every um, public building needs to have a ramp or have an elevator. Listen, and I know this and I watched the movie, but it is still insane to hear you saying that. That everyone was allowed to have an education I and know. have an elevator. Right. At, uh, or a ramp to get up on a, a curb. Yeah. It's beyond, I mean, the fight that, that this group had to go through to get those basic rights. And just seeing even that ramp to get up on a curb, I when I was seeing it in the documentary, I thought, well, I've taken this for granted. Oh, I know. I never thought about that. Oh, And I it know. made me want to really look at what's around me and what, not just what, but why it came to be. And yeah. potentially some sort of story or struggle behind it that is just... Right. Anything that's been modified that's been... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the point of the whole film, right, was that because this camp was so extraordinary and these these teenagers mm-hmm. were so inspired and they found out who they were and they and they felt like they could accomplish things mm-hmm. in a bigger world than they had thought before and that and that all went on to civil rights for uh, people with disabilities um so it was really i mean it was pretty amazing i loved it from the moment it started? Loved. I mean, as soon as it started, I was thinking, uh, oh, okay, I like this vibe. I like this 70s vibe. And I love seeing these um, these kids and young adults running around. And again, there were moments that would seep in of like, oh, is Larry up to something? What's going, is mm-hmm. this going to go to? Because again, that title, Crip Camp, it just feels a little Off-putting. dark. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. and of course, there's darkness in this, but it's so um, uplifting. Oh my gosh, beyond uplifting! It is. It makes you feel like, oh, uh, I should be doing more in life. Did you mm-hmm. feel like that? Yeah, I feel like you should definitely be doing more in life. <laughs> this I, that movie was, made you feel like I yeah, should be doing yeah, more in life. Yeah, I, I when I was <laughs> when watching you watched the, it, you thought, oh, Cheryl's Cheryl, got to do a little bit more. She's got to do more. I mean, it was. It was a little overwhelming. Well, it did make me think, am I spending my time wisely? Am I appreciating things in the way I should be? And uh, the answer is always you can do better with that. I we think. can do better. Yeah, we can do more and do better. You can do more and do better. But yeah, it was very inspiring. So you want to move into final thoughts? Mm-hmm. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. 
Tig, did you cry? I sobbed like a baby. I cried so hard and so long. Stephanie, I was in bed <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> and Stephanie came up to get ready for bed. And, you know, I... I've never really, I mean, I haven't thought consciously about this, but sometimes I'll watch a movie or I'll experience a moment in life where my natural reaction is to cry or tear up, but I'll mm-hmm. suppress it and I'll, I'll just be like, I don't need to cry. You know, I'll <clears throat> uh-huh. choke it back. Yeah, I just feel like I don't need to like really have a boohoo right now. Yeah. Come on. And I'll move past it. And last night, <laughs> I was just like, why would I hold this back? And I just <laughs> had a boohoo. And Stephanie walks in to go get ready for bed. And, um, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, this movie. Oh, my God. Because she walked in when everything was happening, all of the emotional stuff. And I mean, there's so many emotional parts of the movie. But like the big finale is when she walked in. And I, I just said, this movie. And she said, good? Like, is everything okay? I mean, she would, I don't think she's ever seen me lying in bed crying like this. By yourself. Yeah. And just, I mean, I like visible tears coming down my face. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know it's no hands on a hard body, but (laughs) I, I was, I was, I really was feeling it. Yeah. And because, Barack and Michelle are listening right now. I just mm-hmm. want to thank them yes. so much for producing, producing this. this. Yeah. Did you cry? I did. But did I, you? You I did. did. No, I did. Oh, I did. Okay. Uh, but it was a very specific moment um, when they were at the Capitol in D.C. Mm-hmm. And people started crawling up, up the, the stairs. stairs. Uh, and me the too. In the one... I think it was a girl, boy, doesn't matter. Could be either. That's what everybody says when I walk by. <laughs> um, they were crawling up the stairs yeah. at, on the front of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And it was so difficult for them mm-hmm. because th- these are people that are usually in wheelchairs. And they were so determined to get to the top of those steps mm-hmm. and just to watch them and just the the visual of, people like and when i say crawl i mean like we talked about a lot of a lot of the those um people with disabilities um can't use their legs at all so right. it's not their it's only their arms and to yeah. pull themselves up one step at a time was just like it was really um moving yeah be i mean to say the very least oh god i'm getting t- I'm just starting to get all. Are you gonna cry? Maybe I'm trying not to. I'm waving. Why? The tears don't away. choke it back. Oh, I don't. I'm not gonna end this with a boohoo festival. Boohoo festival. <laughs> <laughs> What's really remarkable, also about this film, is how much footage they have. I know every moment of every part of this it was like Story. over a decade of yeah uh, it just yeah it was pretty amazing um All right. were, you, Who were attracted you attracted to, to- 
who are you? Well, I mean, I guess if I, I mean, I'd probably go with Larry Allison. I mean, he was cute in that like hippie. Who did? Who did? Who were you attracted to? <laughs> the obvious one, Judy. Judy Humanity. <laughs> Judy, I mean, Judy is extraordinary. Extraordinary. I would definitely, wa- I definitely want her over for, for dinner. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. I was definitely into Judy. I mean, she yeah. was so, first of all, adorable when she was younger and yeah. adorable yes. when she was older. I know. I feel like she's one of those people that gets better looking, which is great. I mean, if uh-huh. you can do it. Yeah, sure. Some of us can. <laughs> In fact, some of us turn 50 and start trending. <laughs> yes, that was a nice welcome to 50 for you. Sure was. What was it? Hot tig? No. What was the trend? What was the hashtag? Yeah, I guess hot people tig? are hashtagging hosh, 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 hot tig. Hot tig. Um, Who started that, you? In your basement? <laughs> are you just like, I got to get this thing going? You called like 10 friends and you're like, please. Well, honestly, um, if I can just spend a moment and talk about hot tig uh, trending, the photo I wasn't um, I wasn't really into the picture. Oh my god, it was a great picture. But I'm talking about a picture where I'm like I have a cigarette in my mouth and I'm pouring yeah. gas. Oh yeah. yeah, I yeah, like I, the dangerous. Like I don't give a flying what happens to everybody right i get that like i get the badass part of it i didn't understand when people were like hot like sexy sexy af i didn't get that part because i was telling stephanie i was like that is such a weird picture like i feel like i look so weird there but i'll take it i'll take it it's just not the picture well no it doesn't um, capture your personality there's a lot to capture let's be honest (laughs) I mean, that's why it's so, yeah, you feel like you're, that picture feels like, you know, did you ever have sex with a crazy person? But they were great at sex because they didn't give a flying ball what you said about them later. <laughs> you, remember, you ever had sex with somebody like that? Well, you're Cheryl, like, well, let, let's you... name some names here. <laughs> Who are you talking about with this flying ball? <laughs> But you know what I'm talking about? Like a crazy person that's just like, they're sort of self-destructive and, you know, they don't care what happens tomorrow. I feel like everybody until I married Stephanie and then it turns out she's that too. Oh. (laughs) Stephanie always describes herself as the only thing um, wholesome about her is her look. Yeah, she does have a very wholesome look. Would you believe that she's not wholesome? No, I don't. It's hard to believe. Really? Yeah, it is hard to believe. She is not wholesome. It's hard to believe that because she does have an all-American, the long, beautiful hair and the beautiful skin. And it's like, oh, beautiful okay, I know eyes. Them. Yeah, it's like, oh, I know this person. They're really nice. Uh-huh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> not on the inside, they're not. <laughs> No, she is very nice. She's just... Uh, she's not... She's not... She's not. <laughs> I, I just... I thought I was doing a departure from... Your other usual. T- yes. And then I was like, oh, 
Oh, oh, I got it. All right. No, nope. you're sticking with it. There you're she is again. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a slow burn or is it like it crops up every now and then? What do you mean a slow the burn? The crazy. Is it like, oh. Well, I'm, uh, let's not call her crazy. <laughs> let's just say. Unpredictable? What do you call her? She's not. Not, uh, not wholesome. Wholesome. However okay. you want to interpret that, yes. she's not wholesome. wholesome. Okay. That got very, I don't know. I feel like that's going to get people going just saying that. What okay. do you mean? Don't, don't worry about it. Let's go to Wait. true fan mail. Wait, no. What do you, what do, what'll get well, people it going? Just sounds, it just sounds like we just ramped up on sexy talk right before we end this. Why not? <laughs> we're talking about who we're attracted to. That's true. And you That's start true. throwing in somebody with a flying ball. <laughs> um, do you want to read this true fan mail? I would love to. All right. You ready for this, Cheryl? I'm ready. Lori D. writes, I cannot stop laughing each week. When listening to your podcast, I listen at night when I'm in bed, hooked up to my CPAP machine. CPAP. What's that? You know, it's like an oxygen. It keeps you, if you have trouble sleeping or your airways. Okay. Okay. Okay, CPAP machine. My husband's sleeping beside me. I shake the bed so hard (laughs) when trying to hold in laughter. However, when Cheryl said, why will we... I laughed so hard out loud that my CPAP flew off my nose, causing a tornado-like noise (laughs) to fill the bedroom. Then I laughed even harder. (laughs) I was really having trouble with ours that day. Yes, it's never popped up again. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. I feel sorry for Lori's husband. I mean, Why? he's just trying to sleep, and she's over there, like, C-papping. flailing about, CPAPing it, laughing, shaking. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough... I don't know why I was having trouble with my W's. <laughs> oh, no, they were my R's. But that was the problem. If I end a... If there's a word that ends in something and begins with R, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real problem. <laughs> well, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? Well, I would just like to remind everybody that um, we love reading your messages and your comments and your reviews and keep letting us know what you think about the docs and leave us a review and we might just read your responses on the air, on the air, on the show. Sure. We're on the air. We're on the air, right? I don't know. Do you have a <laughs> sign in your closet that says yes, on, on air? air. <laughs> Do you have anything? Just well, what? we're running late, so just keep it. Well, I mean, sure, I'll make keep it. Keep it one thing. You to I narrow am. Down one. What's that? Narrow it down to one thing. Well, I don't need to be uh, lost around, but I I do have a movie coming out mm. on Netflix May twenty first, and then it's in select theaters. I think May fourteenth or something. It's called Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. and I happen to look badass and sexy af mm-hmm. um in it in fact i was trending mm-hmm. on twitter uh were so, you sweaty in it because the picture kind of looked like you were a little like sw- sweaty or something uh, i don't know you don't know 
I, I well, I guess we'll have to watch and find yeah, out. Yeah, watch and find out. I've seen the movie. It's excellent. Um, I have a book called I'm Just a Person. Okay. It's on um, audiobooks too uh, as well. I have... Um, hey, you I guys, a, follow us on social media for updates. I and also have a podcast called Don't Ask oh, Tig. That's Tig. Thank you, I everyone. I have specials on Netflix and HBO. HBO. Everybody's Should we do it again? on HBO. Uh, yes. Everybody's on HBO? Well, you and me. Not everybody. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> we could, oh, I'm a terrible thing. If we try. Okay. Also, next week we'll be talking about The Wolf Pack, which you can watch on YouTube. All right. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.